High FM, 101.9 megahertz of life. Five minutes past 12 o'clock. Good afternoon to you. A rather chilly Thursday afternoon. So there's a punishing cold front going to hit the Cape. I kind of feel like it's hit Joburg already. But uh, every time I say, woo, it's cold, the little voice in my head says, well, it is winter. After all. So, uh, my name's Nikki Seberini. It's wonderful to be with you on today's show. Of course, this being the DL Link show where we connect you through insights and information and illumination. Um, again, an illuminating show. I'm going to be talking to the first black African woman to climb Everest, uh, Saray Kumalo. Um, we're going to be looking at the journey, um, of preparing for Kilimanjaro, um, I beg your pardon, for Everest, um, what it was like and also what it is to be the symbol of that that person that that first black woman um, African woman to climb um, Everest um, and what she proposes to do um, and the, with with you know highlighting what she can achieve um, and who she can be influencing in a positive way and just thinking about the climbing of Everest and you know thinking about the bigger picture in life how we have these big moments in life right and we think that life Life is about the big moment. So we, we can just look at climbing the Everest. But it's the small little steps. It's the small little moments that get us there. And um, that's why the moment by moment by moment is so important. Yes, the big mountains, fantastic. Those little steps. Every single day we have those little mountains to climb. And so it's taking the small moments and it's making the small moments big. And you're probably thinking, where am I going with this? Well, a few weeks ago, I was lucky enough to be invited on a Sunday morning to the Deer Link Refuel Center. We've been talking about the center. We've been talking about the rehabilit, the, 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 the reconstruction and the building that's going to be taking place there. But on this particular way, uh, day, our chief rabbi, um, Dr. Rabbi Warren Goldstein was there and he put on the mezuzah on the door and it was a very moving moment. And as I said, you know, it's the small moments that make the big, the refuel center, once uh, the refurbishments are finished, it's going to be huge. But it's all the small steps that have taken place to get us to this point, um, which is really exciting. And we really need to honor and hold on to those. So I, I have the chief rabbi on the phone to tell us a little bit more about the significance of the mezuzah and specifically at the Deer Link refuel center. Um, Rabbi, are you there or are we, are we waiting? Yes. Oh, hello. Yes. Hi, Rabbi. How are you? So lovely to be with you and with all the listeners. Thank you, Rabbi. And thank you so much for joining us. We really do appreciate it. And, and I just wanted to start off um, saying that there are some listeners who don't actually know what a mezuzah is. And perhaps you can just tell us what the, what the meaning is behind having the mezuzah in a Jewish home, Jewish institutions, places of prayer. So, uh, firstly, let me say at the outset, the incredible work that Deal Link is doing is so inspiring. The kindness, the compassion, the uh, reaching out to people in, in such need. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's, it's a great tribute to Deal Link and everyone involved in it. And, um, of course, uh, to, to our very special community. And it's really the, um, such an important reflection of what Jewish values are all about, of, of chesed, of kindness. And the mezuzah is a reflection also of our Jewish values, that a home is a place where Hashem comes and uh, we have God's presence around us, and the mezuzah reminds us of God's presence and of our values. 
and uh, and and so it's, it's so beautiful to see the seamless connection between the, the Torah value of kindness and and the mezuzah because really um, what our sages in the Talmud teach us is that when we are uh, performing acts of kindness and helping another person, we are actually doing God's work in the world. We are emulating God. That is really the work of God, and uh, and that is what Dialink does and uh, so many of our other wonderful chesed organizations in the community. And so the mezuzah is such an important uh, reflection of that. And I was so honored to be able to be there on the day and um, to to lend my support on behalf of the community and uh, to pay tribute to the amazing holy work which is being done. Mm, indeed it is. And I, I have to say that being there and listening to you, your words were incredible. And I know that you, um, you're very busy and um, you're speaking all the time. But do you recall what you said on that Sunday a few weeks ago? Because it was so moving. moving and, and I just thought that maybe you could share it with our DL-Link audience. Yes, so I was. Uh, I, I spoke a bit about what I was mentioning now. Is that um, really uh, when we do kindness in the world, we are imitating God, and uh, that's the the mitzvah that we have an, a mitzvah to imitate God and do kindness as He does kindness. And so, in that sense, the work of chesed of kindness in this world is holy work. It's God's work. And um, and 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 I was comparing the deal link home. To, uh, to the idea of, um, of the temple, of the mm-hmm. Beit HaMikdash, where, mm-hmm. where the holy temple is dedicated to the service of God. And when you have um, a building which is dedicated to kindness, to chesed, it becomes really a temple. It's, it's something which is holy and special. And, um, and that's what the mezuzah reminds us of, that our own homes should be homes which are like temples, filled with holiness, and that means filled with kindness. It means filled with Torah learning. It means filled with mitzvahs and Shabbos and Kashrut, these are all the things that make our homes so holy, together with kindness. And so um, the, 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 the building of the of, of Deal Link and all the kindness that happens there really is uh, makes it a home for, for Hashem in this world. Mm. Rabbi, thank you. Thank you for explaining it so clearly. Thank you for your time this afternoon. We really do appreciate it, and we hope to see you in the center more often. Thank you so much. Thank you. All the best. God bless you. Thank you. you. And you too, Chief uh, Rabbi uh, Dr. Uh, Warren Goldstein, really, really beautifully put. And, um, yes, a temple, um, and that is what the Dear Link uh, Refugal Center is and certainly going to be with all the refurbishments taking place. And we'll keep you updated, as we always do. We're going to take a break. Um, then we're going to be talking about this climbing Everest and our Everest. And do we have an Everest? And are we trying to... To overcome things and how do we do it if not taking one step at a time. Stay with us. Hi FM, your station of choice since 2008. Oh, thank you so much for staying with us. This is the DL Link Show where we connect you through insights, information and illumination. Um, just before the break, I was talking about Everest um, and climbing Everest, which is something Obviously, I'll, I'll never do, um, but I admire people who um, work towards those kind of goals. But as I said just before the break, 
We all have our own Everest. We all have things that we want to achieve. We all have things that we want to do. We have goals. And then, of course, we have the Everest in that we have mountains to climb and we have difficulties and we have challenges to face. And one of the challenges that we're facing on the show today is that we can't – I think we can. Can we get hold of our next guest? We have her. Absolutely fantastic. Um, it's it's a testament to trying and retrying. So um, I'd love to introduce our guest, Saray Kumalo. South Africa and Africa's mountain-conquering heroine as first black African woman to summit Mount Everest. So, Ray, welcome. We're delighted we got hold of you. Oh, thank you. Thank you. My apologies for the late answer. No, not a problem at all, Saray. I mean, it must be, I mean, the fact that you've climbed this highest peak in the world, um, but then you come down and you're kind of seen as this different human being. You know, you've achieved something great, and now you're known as the first black African woman to summit Mount Everest. I mean, what's that label like? Um, well, not what I expected. <laughs> really? <with>. Really? <laughs> Absolutely not. Um, I think it was, it was a dream. It was a challenge. I knew it was important to me. I didn't realize how important it was to everybody else out there. Um, you know, except my inner circle, because uh-huh. we, we've, we've been talking about it. We've been saying it's something that's got to be done. I mean, the mountain was summited in 1953. Um, you know, we, we kind of need to break that ceiling. Mm-hmm. Um, but I suppose a lot of the, um, uh, the excitement has come because maybe it happened at a time when we probably needed something, no matter how little it is, to celebrate. Mm. Um, you know, as far as the label is concerned, um, I'm not really sure how I feel about that. I, I suppose it's, um, yeah, I'm hoping it will fade away, but but it is what it is. Mm. Uh, but it also tells somebody that looks like me, a black child, uh, an African child out there, that they too can dream the impossible dream, you know, and, and Everest is just another thing that's like, uh, let me go cl- climb in the Drakensberg. Well, it's a, and, and it is an incredible thing because your name is going to go down in history and there are going to be many, many people, many generations to come who pin so much of their hopes and their dreams and achievements on you, and that's an incredible thing. And and I, as I was saying, you know, the gravitas of of that, and and you're feeling it, and probably also just want to be feeling a normal person having achieved an, a, an incredible goal. So we're going to take Saray a very quick break, and after the break, let's really look at that. What it is to achieve that kind of a goal? What, what is what is that like? And what drove you to do it? Stay with us. Hi FM, one hundred and one point nine megahertz of life. And on the line I have Saray Kamalo, South Africa and Africa's mountain-conquering heroine as first black African woman to summit Mount Everest. And Saray, just before the break, I said, you know, the, the what you symbolize is so huge. But at the end of the day, you're a woman. Um, Saray, you have your family, you have your friends, you have your group of people, and that's what you are, doing what you wanted to do, achieve this goal. But, you know, not everyone just wakes up and decides they're going to climb Mount Everest. This is huge. Huge on every single level. What drove you? And I, I know that there was there was a, a personal challenge and a personal loss. Um, and, yeah. and and how how was it that that pushed you? Um, so the the 
recent um, uh, loss just before I went to climb was of the good friend. In fact, he's the one that actually made me aware that no black African female had summited. For some mm-hmm. reason, I thought um, they had summited Everest. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, this is, uh, his name is Luazi Nguenya. And he was going to go to Everest in 2014. So he and myself and the Katejo was another one, um, decided, you know, let's actually be back on this. Uh, when we realized it was too expensive, we decided, okay, we're going to ask for sponsorship, but we are going to kind of, you know, uh, raise our own funds and actually get this done um, because it was important. It was important for us because uh, we thought, you know, it's it, how come you know other people are able to do this and we are not? You mm-hmm. know, so let's do this. Yeah. Not because it was just something that hasn't been done, but because we were we enjoyed climbing. You know, I had just done Kili, and I was doing a lot of the Drakensberg climbs. Um, it's it's almost the next level, um, so to speak. And unfortunately, three weeks before I left for Nepal, he suddenly died. This is somebody that was. You know, higher than life, one of those, you know, got oh. into the room and he brightened everything. He mm-hmm. had just done the Hong Kong ma- Marathon, I think, earlier this year. Um, and it just made me realize that, you know, I have today and tomorrow is not a guarantee. Mm-hmm. You know, why am I thinking I'll do Everest next year or the year after? I, you know, I have the, the, the funds available. I have been training. I have an opportunity to actually go with one of uh, the, the great experienced guides. Um, let me do this. And, and I just decided, let me do it for me, my own sanity. Let me do it for him um, and, and for the original team and, and actually for just everyone out there that's been told you can't, that's tried and failed, <laughs> you know. Mm. Um, and it just felt right um, for some reason. And, and that was really the push. Um, and three weeks later, I was in Nepal. Sure. So, so, I mean, it could have been a decision. He had passed away. I can't do it, but rather he's passed away and I'm doing it for him, for me. He's pushing me and, and, and he's going to be a part of this in, incredible Absolutely. experience. And, and you must, and you must have, I mean, when you were feeling at your lowest point and thinking, I just can't go any further, you, you, you probably used him for inspiration throughout, right? Yeah. Absolutely. I, you know, I actually took a picture of him because every time we, him and I summited in Cartejo, uh, we would uh, put, point a finger up to say, you know, uh, number one. You know, <laughs> and also yeah. just thanking God for small summits to say that's exactly what we're going to do at the summit of the, of Everest. Um, so it, it was, it, it was just, yeah, it was for him. It was, um, it was a big thing. And, and I think, Every time what, what I made a decision to do in this, um, in this climb is not to, to take it for granted that I'm going to summit. It's to celebrate every achievement. Mm-hmm. I celebrated when I got to camp one, celebrated when I got to camp two, celebrated camp three. Um, because I just decided that I'm going to enjoy the journey and I'm doing this for a lot more than just me, um, among other things. So, yeah. So, so each victory along the way you celebrated, but of Absolutely. course, of course, the prize was summiting Everest. Um, did you, did it ever cross your mind that you weren't going to be able to do it? This specific trip? Absolutely not. Um, I was very calm. Um, but but not I don't know whether comment but not arrogant about it. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what the right word would be. I, I was very calm and and very cautiously optimistic. You know, I was going to accept 
um, if, if it wasn't going to happen. But at no point did I think that it wasn't. Mm-hmm. Um, and, 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 and mainly because I decided what I w- wanted to worry about. I meant no. I was very clear and he took the responsibility. He was going to worry about the weather window. When should we go? How long should we take? I actually didn't worry about that. I worried about waking up and sticking to the plan that he set, mm-hmm. uh, which was very different to my previous attempts where I had to worry about is the weather window okay? Check with this one, check with that one. Um, and, and that really helped, um, you know, um, very much because I almost, there was a delegation of duties. Yeah. Um, and, and the expert looked after other stuff and I looked after me and making sure that I fulfill his plan. Um, well, it's kind of like life, isn't it? It's like there's the bigger plan, which we don't have a say over, and then there's our plan, and that's kind of our business, what we can do. And you yeah. really, you really surrendered to that, um, yeah. and, and how well that worked. And, but you talk about in the past, previous experiences. Had you attempted, um, Everest before or previous experiences yes. of climbing yes, other I, mountains? I, <laughs> I have been on Everest. Uh, this was my fourth time in Nepal. Incredible. Uh, the first year, yeah, the first year was 2014 mm-hmm. uh, when the Sirak fell and uh, killed about 16 Sherpas in the icefall. Yes. Um, the second time was 2015. Um, I went up to Camp 2. Then there was an earthquake um, that killed about 18 people at base camp and over 8,000 in Nepal. And the mountain was closed again, um, both in 2014 and 2015. 2017, I went all the way up to uh, the South Summit, which is about um, 99 meters from the top. And it was windy, and we came down. And um, unfortunately, I had to actually be rescued from uh, Camp 2 um, after that. So this was a second real attempt um, at the summit, um, but... Um, was the fourth time I was on the mountain. You are incredible. Really, Saray. I mean, that is unbelievable. So you knew what to expect. You knew how tough it was. You yeah. knew the risk, obviously, with, as you say, those tragedies in 2014 and 2015. And yet you were still driven. Um, and, and you having to be rescued in 2017, still driven to do it. Why? I mean, I hear what you're saying about 1953 was the first time and you, you could be the first black African woman and all of those things. But but why? I think if there was ever a time when I had to quit would have been after 2014, after seeing the the bodies of those shepherds that were a lot more experienced than I was, is, um, being lifted out of the, the Kumbo Icefall. But I, I, something hit me there to say, they they should be on the mountain. I probably shouldn't have been there, mm. but I was saved for a reason. Mm. And, and I just realized that I still have a purpose to fulfill. And and I think going back was me trying to actually do exactly that. Um, you know, uh, like death is a fate of us all. I, I don't know whether it's the right way of looking at it or not. Yeah. I just pray that it finds me having done my purpose or doing what I love doing. And, and the joke that I make is, God forbid, it finds me baking because the bread would be terrible and the tragedy would have happened. You know what I mean? So I, I don't know if it explains it, but it's, it's the conviction that this is my purpose and, and I need to do this. It's, I, I still need to fulfill it. Um, I need to take what I've learned from 2014, 2015, 2017 uh, and do that better. And what didn't work, I must just drop it. Um, and, and that's how it's worked.
Mm. Um, and besides how physically difficult it is to climb Everest, as you say, and, phys- and, and mentally as well, just in terms of the trauma of losing people. So to, as you say, to see the, the bodies of the, the Sherpas, to know how real it is, um, how really, how you can lose your life in an instant, one wrong step. And you did experience a tragedy this time in 2019. Yeah, that was uh, actually the most difficult of the whole um, experience, um, including me getting airlifted. Uh, in fact, it's it's actually in celebrating um, the summit uh, with someone, and um, you know, getting to the next camp, and and they're not there. You know, mm. they were not sick. They were full of life, and and their dream was your dream, and you achieved it together. Mm. The bond that you formulate there, it's like it's us, and the whole world is at the bottom somewhere. Um, you you kind of become family, even though you just met the people uh, four six weeks before then. Um, that was really difficult because then um, I think for two days we probably we all forgot. The celebration and, and, and the achievement and the, the magnitude of, of what we had just accomplished because, mm. um, at least for me, I started questioning whether, you know, why him and not me, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, but at, at some point, you just turn it around and say, you know, he was doing what he loved and it was his time and, and it's not mine. What are the things that I can celebrate from my interactions with him? He was an amazing person. I mean, he was full of life, and um, you know, um, I take that and cherish that um, forever because that—that's the gift that he's given me uh, to absolutely. move forward. And that, and that, of course, the late Seamus um, Lawless. So wow, yes. so so many things that you have to be thinking about, um, Saray. As I said, besides building yourself up physically, having the mental strength to believe you can get to the next camp and the next camp, and then to deal with um, how vulnerable, in fact, we are, um, and an acceptance that goes with that. So, so many lessons that you've brought down with you, and, and you talk about purpose over and over again. Um, yeah. So you have fulfilled this huge dream. You are the symbol. Um, you know, there are going to be many people for many generations to come who see you as the realization of the African dream being the first black African woman to summit do you think that that without realizing it at the time now seeing what the response has been like is the greater purpose well I don't know no one has asked me that <laughs> um, I don't know well, maybe, uh, maybe for some people, I, I actually don't know. The, for me, it was just breaking the ceiling. M- maybe it is. Maybe it is. You're absolutely right. Maybe that's one of the purposes. Uh, uh, but the most important, I guess, for me, um, maybe on reflection, I'll, I'll come to conclude what you've just said, um, was to actually raise money and make a difference in my community. And, <laughs> and, mm. and that's what I had in mind, you know, and also to, show my kids more importantly that anything is is possible they just have to work hard and 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 push and and get it and falling is not a failure necessarily unless if they don't learn anything from it they must just get up and go on Mm. So for me, those were things that were playing in my mind rather than the history breaking and, and, and the symbol and all this stuff mm. that is um, now materialized <laughs> yeah willingly or unwillingly 
You know, that's what you have become. And uh, yeah. that may be your next, the next mountain that you climb. I, I think it may very well. But who knows? But, but Saray, coming back from um, an event like that, fulfilling that dream, um, and coming back to normal life, that's got to be pretty challenging. You talk about your children. What, what was that like for you? Um, well, we were excited, especially after 2017. Um, uh, I think we, we were excited. We were, I mean, I've seen a change, so I'm hoping that it's not a seasonal change in my sons, um, where um, people are now writing. So I write down my plan at the beginning of the year. This, these are the things that I want to achieve, and this year I kind of forced them to do it. Mm-hmm. So... <laughs> They brought down up their plans. They said, okay, so you've done Everest, so we can tick this. Let me see what I've ticked on my list. <laughs> you know? so it just, that makes me so happy because sure. it, it, it says it's not just what I'm saying, it's what I'm doing, and yet you get it. Mm. And I'm hoping it's not just this month, it's not a seasonal thing. That's how you start living your life, to say, mm. I'm committing to this, it's not working. Let me re-strategize and pick up what I've learned from the challenge and, and actually move forward. So that for me is like, you know, if that's the purpose, you know, I've done my bit. Um, and, and it's up to them to take it forward. Beautiful lesson. How old are your children? 21 and 16. Oh, wow. 21 and 16. So they really can appreciate. They really are at an age where they get to see you um, living your talk, um, walking your talk and being an example. Wow. That's amazing. Really amazing, Saray. And so where to from here? So I still have the um, – so Everest was the fourth of the seven summits. I still have three um, climbs that I need to do, which is Denali, uh, Vincent and Custom's Pyramid, as well as the North Pole and the South Pole. I would like to do the Grand Slam um, and um, and join the 66 people in the world that have done it. Sure. That, that's huge. That's absolutely amazing. And um, obviously, each time you do it, it's about putting a team together. Um, it's a huge task. And that's not daunting. That's just part of the process for you. I think with all the learnings that I've had, I've met amazing people. Um, I've met people that I can team up with that have same values and, uh, you know, same temperament, and we make an amazing team. And, and the plan is to take those people along because uh, when the winning formula works, um, you know, you stick to it and tweak what, what just a few things that didn't work. Um, the, the challenge is it's not a cheap exercise, so we, we still need to find funding to, to make it happen. Hmm. So are you in Joburg at the moment? Yes, I am. So, um, from someone who's been on top of Everest where it's freezing cold, are you finding today cold at all, or is this just a warm day for you? <laughs> <laughs> it, it's, not, it's not too bad. Uh, it's not too bad. Uh, I'm, I'm, every time in the office I'm reminded, where's your jacket? <laughs> I need to put it on before everybody starts asking me about the jacket. It's not bad outside. Uh, oh, wonderful. So, Ray, uh, what a pleasure having you on the show. You are, you know, so inspiring. What can I say to you? I just love that you have the these sons that that you've inspired, that you're teaching, and everybody else. And we look forward to following your star and um, seeing you climb um, all of those other mountains. Do take care and all the best. Thank you. Thank you for having me and have a, an amazing day further. Oh, thank you, Saray. And you too. Wow. So, Saray Kumalo, and um, I, I just think that what really stands out for me is 2014, 2015, 
2017, all three of those experiences, tragic experiences that for some people they'd never go back. That would be the be all and end all. Um, and yet she persevered and there was still tragedy now in 2019. And, but there's a bigger picture and there's just a lot to be learned. Before the interview, I said we all have our Everest. And what is your Everest? Well, we're going to be continuing with the theme, the resilience, the, the tapping into yourself, um, how we can become extraordinary beings without necessarily having to climb Mount Everest. How do we do it in our lives, in the mundane, the Groundhog Day experience? Um, you know, how do we extract the extraordinary out of that? And I have such an incredible woman who's going to be joining us in just a moment. She's been on the show before, and I said, please come into the studio next time. And she has. I'm delighted. Um, we're going to be talking to uh, Corsi Gianni in a moment, so please stay with us. IFM 101.9 megahertz of life. And welcome back to the DL Link Show where we connect you through insights, information and illumination. So we have had the lovely Kosi Gianni on the show before. She is a clinical psychologist, uh, facilitator, uh, and she coaches transformative learning interventions, interventions focused on influence, crucial conversations, negotiation, accountability. And of course, she is a change expert as well. And on TV and radio, this is what she's used to doing. So Kosi, welcome. Lovely having you on the show again. Thank so much. Great to be back here after so many years. Listen, and schlepping all the way from Pretoria. Indeed. All the way from Pretoria. So thank you. It's more than worth thank it. You thank you and thank you. And, you know, I don't know if you were listening to any of the interview with Saray. Okay, so, yeah. you know, first of all, she, you know, she, she, she summits Everest, and then she's labeled the first black African woman to summit mm. Mount Everest, and with it comes, you know, all these responsibilities yes. and these people who are going to be Looking, looking to up. this absolutely yes, yes. and and just hearing her extraordinary story having mm. this friend who encouraged her to do it who passed away just a few weeks before she left for oh, nepal wow. this year but that she had been a few times 2014 mm. terrible tragedy a whole mm, lot of sherpas killed 2015 2017 and she goes back in 2019 mm. um and determined and also a tragedy losing a, a fellow um climber mm. during that process Mm. And isn't that just how life works? Absolutely. And we just don't have say, do we? In, indeed. Uh, we, we do have say, I guess. There's a part that's that's out of our control, like the, the things that have happened. But what really matters ultimately is what's going on internally mm-hmm. within us because mm-hmm. – Setbacks will always be there. Right. There's always a pothole on the road. There's a, a trench. There's there's this, that, and the other. Uh, but what really matters ultimately is how present are we in ourselves, and what do we do? How do we make sense of those obstacles that are on in in our way, in whichever way uh, direction that we are trying to navigate our life journey, and how do we restory ourselves through those obstacle courses to get through and beyond to the other side of things. And I mean, I think Mount Everest is such a powerful metaphor, mm. like even just the name mm. Everest. Everest. Indeed. Yes. Indeed. Wow. Yeah. Let's talk about this restory ourselves. Yeah. I love that. Mm. I love the idea of restoring ourselves. Well, ultimately, it, it is the narratives that go on within within us that really determine 
where we get to in life because it is not so much about what's going on, but it is how we take it in, how we process it, what it means to us, what it means for our sense of agency, you know, how we understand what we are capable of, can and can't do. And of course, as the expression goes, whether you think you can and think you can't, you're right, mm-hmm. because that will determine the actions or inactions and therefore the consequences mm-hmm. of that, wherever, however far we want to climb or don't climb. Everest stands. It stands mm. regardless of so we can sit there and say, but I've got this, that, 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 that Everest stands mm. to be climbed. Yeah. You yeah. know, so how many excuses, how many reasons has she had to not do this? Oh, many. More than enough. More than enough. More than enough. More and than yet enough. she persevered because she was clear about the purpose. So what, so, so we're talking about a particular person who's mm. clear about the purpose mm. and this is what she wants to do. Mm. And you can have another person who goes for the experience. So after 2014, after seeing these dead bodies being pulled out yeah. of the ice and they decide to go back in 2015 and there's another tragedy and yeah. a whole lot more people and they yeah. just say, well, I just can't do it. Yeah. What's a distinguishing factor there? It is exactly as you've just said. I uh-huh. just can't do, do it. it. It doesn't mean it can't be done. It's been done before. So that tells us it's been done before. Mm. It's doable. Mm. But it is that internal resignation. And and, I'm, and I don't want to say that with disrespect because they perhaps have a very good reason. It may be something that's competing for priority in her life. And perhaps at that moment in time, that takes priority. Does it mean she cannot try 2022? Not at all, mm. unless she says, I just can't, can't. do it. Uh, you know, mm. so it, it, it is simple, yet it is profound. And the implications, it's small. Uh, you know, it's, it's a small distinction to make, but it, it is that small print that makes the big print in our lives. Mm. And I want to go back to the story and the narrative mm. because we do have the narrative. Yes. Uh, some of us are very conscious of it. Some yes. of us are not. Yeah. Um, how do we recreate, restory yeah. um, if the existing narrative is just not working? Our first and most important, I, and I don't want to use the word weapon because that sounds so... Um, is awareness, mm. awareness. And as you rightfully say, we many times are flying on inherited wings, borrowed thoughts that have been handed down to us from generations sure. by loving, caring people for the most noble reasons to protect us. Perhaps at one point it served a particular purpose and yet we continue even when it doesn't serve that, that, that purpose anymore. Mm-hmm. And we continue to fly uh, or continue to try and look through tainted lenses. And that's what we need to be conscious of. It, it, it is that moment of saying, can I pause for a moment? Instead of the busyness mm-hmm. of the treadmill mm-hmm. of just doing, right. can we just be? And that's something that people struggle with. When I say that, do you know how many people say, what am I going to do? Well, and I've habit, just said, it's I've the just habit of being. The, yes, it's the habit of doing. It's what we, we're addicted exactly. to. It's, it's the our habit. habituated oh, ways. Right. And unfortunately, we then tend to identify with those as the truth, simply because we have enacted them so much that they have become the, the auto voice in our minds. We then identify it as, as, as the truth of who we are and what we're capable of, mm-hmm. which is not true in the absolute. So awareness is turning on the light. Indeed. And once but we've turned... Even before we turn on the light, yeah? just recognize that I'm sitting in the dark. Okay. 
Just that. That I'm sitting in my own blind spot. Uh-huh. Just rec- that recognition is already a shifting of the paradigm. I may not be able to do anything about it, but just to recognize that, just that moment. Wow. We, when I ended my interview with Saray and mm. I said, you know, how do we have, you, you look at Saray and you think that's an extraordinary life. Yeah. And yet she talks about coming back. And her two sons looking at her at the beginning of the year, they said, right, what do we want to achieve this year? Mm. And she sent with them and she said, okay, so I've done Everest. Mm. And they've they've actually looked at goals or whatever yes. they want to achieve and yes. the impact that that had. And so, as I said, extraordinary. And yes. then it comes back to mother with child. Sure. So we all live pretty normal lives. Mm. And sometimes we can do extraordinary things. Yes. But how do we bring the extraordinary into the mundane? What? For those of us who are experiencing the groundhog, every day is the same. Mm-hmm. Everything is the same. Mm-hmm. I, I think everything, in a sense, is the same. Yeah. It is what meaning we attach to it. Okay. So you can say, I'm just pi- piling bricks and cement. That's all I'm doing. Mm. Or you can say, I'm building a house. Mm. That is, is two different things. Mm-hmm. It's two different worlds. Ultimately, in the concrete, it looks the same, but it is the meaning that we are attaching to it. And therefore, that meaning will speak to us. And what that does is, is that it moves energy within us. So it will either slow us down and we feel depleted and we feel a sense of the mundaneness mm-hmm. of it. Mm-hmm. Or we are invigorated because it's a different energy that gets fueled within us, that gets activated within us. And we move with meaning. In doing those things mm. Because ultimately It all is things mm. act, Until it has meanings For us And we may find Looking at the same things You and I will interpret them differently Because they have different meaning to us So there is the universal And there is the un- the individual And the question is always to be conscious What does it mean to me Just because it does not mean the same To Nikki Does not mean that it reduces it mm. to me mm-hmm. uh, it may just be the thing that defines life for me, you know, mm. and, and one, you know, basic example, um, you know, we, HIV, one person becomes a death sentence for another person becomes a life sentence. Mm. Well, we see that on this show. We mm. see it. I mean, we deal with cancer all the time. We yes. have our cancer warriors who yes. come on. And it's an incredible thing to see some people yes. walk into the studio yeah. and talk about cancer. And I, I always use this word, but it's not my word. Mm. They use the word. Mm. It's being a gift. Yes. Waking up to Absolutely. life. Waking it's up to living. Sentence. That's it. Yeah. And it's just, and the different reactions to that. Indeed. So we're going to take a break. And again, I'm going to say to you, for people who are listening, who mm. are feeling stuck, mm. who are feeling the mundane and want to be able to say, I'm a builder. Mm. I'm not just a bricklayer. I'm mm. making something bigger. Mm. I'm not just one brick after the other. Yeah. How do we access that? Is it possible? You speak about awareness. Are there steps that people can take to, to dig themselves out of this kind of pit that, that they are in? After the break, okay. we'll be right back. Sure. Hi FM, your station of choice since 2008. Ten minutes to one o'clock at afternoon. I hope that you're enjoying the show. I certainly am. Corsi Gianni is in the studio, clinical psychologist. Um, and we're talking about bringing extraordinary into a life that we think sometimes is very bland or boring. We wake up, we do the same things. Um, we look at other people who climb Mount Everest or who have achieved incredible things and we think that we are 
not living fully or we're thinking our life is not as good as. And just before the break, I said to Kosi, for people who are stuck, if you are stuck, if you don't know how to bring yourself into that awareness that Kosi was talking about, how do we get there? How do we move from the mindset of um, just seeing it as the Groundhog Day to seeing each moment as extraordinary? Kosi, is there, is there, a, is there a silver bullet? I wish. I wish. Mm. They're, they're basic breadcrumbs that, you know, the, the people through the ages have thrown mm. and, and thrown on, on the path that we all walk. Mm. And, and part of the problem is, is we are looking for the big bang and it is in, in that small yeah. detail yeah. is the core, is the essence. If you think about the fact that the, the baobab tree starts off as a seed. It is in recognizing that seed as where the baobab lives in that seed, mm-hmm, actually. Mm-hmm. And so it is about being present to what's going on in my life. Where am I? How do I feel about where my life is? And there is a principle that says be still. And you, you are not going to achieve that as long as you are trapped in the busyness. Either the busyness of mind or business of body, mm. busyness mm. of body, and you're mm. buzzing around. So you have to come out of the traffic for a moment. Press pause. Indeed. Still yourself enough to, to be just with you. Some people don't want to be with themselves. And, and then we then have to live with the consequence of not wanting to be. Then I have mm. to live with whatever comes out of that. Mm. Because if something matters to me, if it matters enough, if my unhappiness matters enough, I need to be willing to invest something of me. Mm. Something has to change. Mm. Otherwise, nothing is going to change. Yeah. Right. And, and that's basic principle. And unfortunately, the laws of life work the same way for all of us. Whether you're the mother with 10 kids or with the one or none, gravity is gravity. Mm. So we all have to do the same things on some level. Mm. Right. So it is to be still enough to sit with yourself and take stock of this your one life that you have right now where are you with yourself mm. the being yes the being yes. so it it and it works so against the what society is producing you yeah. know we're because we're so busy because yeah. we have this technology yes. i mean if you look at if you've ever walked into a restaurant and you see someone sitting by themselves mm-hmm. waiting for another person they're yeah. not just looking or Staring ahead or yeah. what there's it's the distraction. Yes. They're on their phone or yeah. they're writing yeah. or they because that's what we do. Yes, we frown on being. We are we've become so accustomed to doing. And if you think about our lives, you know, as children we get schlepped around this way yeah. and that way and that way. If you're sitting there, people will ask you, What's wrong with you? Why are you quiet? Mm. We we don't We're rewarded though, aren't we? We are rewarded when we're busy, 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 busy. And reinforced, therefore, mm. by being rewarded. And we do not recognize still. You know, when people ask me what my job is, I and I say part of an important part of my job is doing nothing. Mm. It's to be. Mm. It's to just be and do nothing. Mm. I need to have time. My job description an important part of it is to be. To be. Not to do anything. How often do you do because that? Because when I allow myself enough time to be yes it guides the doing mm. and i do that as often as possible mm. and how do you do that I, do you take do you go for a walk are you meditating is it just a moment while you're doing something you get br- bring yourself fully into the moment what works for you i sit 
Really, I sit. I love that. I sit with me. Uh-huh. I sit with me, and and it's we have conversations. What comes up me. comes up. Yeah, mm. and I I just observe what's going on. Where mm. am I right now? Mm. Where is my spirit? Mm. Where is is the comfort? Is there tension? What is that about? What if I would? What can I do about this? First of all, I need to accept that this is where I am. It doesn't necessarily mean I'm resigned to and fall on my sword. This is where I am right now. Right now. In this, this is, moment, this uh, is where I'm at. Uh. And make peace with that. Because then I'm not in strife and intention. I am at peace with the now. And out of that, then, I can be guided. Instead of just buzzing around, I can be guided. What's next? And you have the insight um, to separate from the mad thinking that's happening. It's yes. like the p- sitting there and pausing and mm. knowing this is a thought that's coming up. I mean, I, I'm not sure if it was Woody Allen yes. who said the mind is a danger. It's like a dangerous Absolutely. neighborhood. You don't want to go there alone. Mm-hmm. And and that's what I've been alluding to with the being yeah. busy, not wanting to be yeah. by themselves. Because yeah. I'm sure there's some people who are just too terrified yes. of the feelings mm. that come up with, oh, um, this is the thought that I'm having. Yeah. Or this is, it's, it's a, it's can be quite scary it can be and especially because society in our life today gives us all the reasons mm. why we should be scared because on some level there, there are those things going on yeah but it is how do i create a capsule in the in the storm how do i create a, a capsule which is my sanctuary and my sanctuary doesn't necessarily mean i i can feel safe because i've put up these walls and i've got all these security measures how can i be safe with myself in the midst of that uncertainty. Mm. How do I build that sanctuary within myself? And part of it is to recognize, is to surrender to the fact that I live in a state of vulnerability Mm. where things may happen. Yeah. And I take that in. I can feel that. I breathe into Mm. it. I don't fight with it. Mm. I breathe into it. Mm. And by so doing, I take away the sting of it controlling me. Mm. And a wonderful gift to do. Absolutely. When it says, you know, keep your enemies close. Don't let them wander around because then you become a a danger to yourself and others. uh But when I can keep my enemies, they don't sneak up on me. Mm. And when they show up, I, I name them yeah. and I say, hey, you're loneliness. here, you're here, hey, loneliness. Yeah. I had the most beautiful experience when I made peace with loneliness and I can say, you've showed up today. Thanks for coming and mm. keeping me company. Mm. I don't fight it. Mm. I recognize it. It is one of those things that happen in life. Mm. It will move. Yeah. Loneliness is one thing and there you are. It's one of the there things There you that are. Right. Almost it when you describe the Everest in. a little bit earlier. It Everest is not is always me there. though. Uh. It is when we describe I am lonely. It's not I am lonely. Uh. There is loneliness that yeah. is visiting my life right yeah. now. Lovely. And I can say sit down. Let's talk. What do you have to show me? Lovely. Oh, beautiful. Because we've, we've run out of time. We, you and I need to spend an entire hour together. But for me, what I've walked away with, and I hope that our listeners have walked away mm-hmm. with, is taking very, very precious time yes. t- for ourselves. Mm-hmm. The doing, doing, doing for other people, giving to other people. It's going back to ourselves. Slow down. Love it. Slow down. Yeah. Listen. Welcome. Welcome the breathe. thoughts. Welcome. Breathe.
Kosi, thank you. you. Beautiful having you in the studio. What a a privilege and a treat. And thank you for listening. Yeah, looking at Everest. And as we said, it's the small little incremental steps and the small moments in life. I hope that you've gained a lot during the past hour. I have, and I've so enjoyed being in your company. From me, Nikki Seberini, until next week. Take care.